Hello, hello. Welcome to Think, Feel, Eat, episode number 49, Morning Routine Success. I am Donna Reish, and I'm excited to bring you one of my two favorite topics. Last week, my topic was, I have my outline here, was um, evening routine for success tomorrow. And so that was episode 48. And I talked about in that episode mm -hmm. how the evening routine and the morning routine are two of my favorite things. And um, the reason is because they've been such a big part of my life for so many years. Literally, my husband and I were working on the evening routine, the bedtime routine, the morning routine, literally 37 years ago with our one-year-old little boy, just trying to set the stage for our, what our family life would be like. What, what was it going to be like? What were, what were, were we going to be about before bed, in the evenings, first thing in the morning? How are we going to manage the day? Um, because we actually knew when our oldest was only one year old that we wanted to homeschool. And so we just kind of set up our lives that way. So, um, so I've been working on routines and consistency and habits and all of these things that I teach now in terms of weight loss, weight management, health, fitness, um, you know, self-care, uh, you know, self-improvement, all of those things I have been doing, you know, in other areas for so many years. And these two are by far the longest standing things that I've done. So um, I'm going to just start with the fact of what I said last week about the evening quote unquote PM routines. And that is that one of the things my husband and I said to each other all the time when we were raising children at night, trying to get everything done in the evenings and get all seven of these kids to bed at a decent time and get ready for school the next day and just everything. It's just, I look back and I'm like, wow, that was, that was a pretty wild 32 years. <laughs> But one of the things that we said to each other all the time was literally a good tomorrow starts tonight. So um, I'm going to harp a little bit on the PM routine and then I'm going to dig into the morning routine. All right. So sleep greatly affects tomorrow. And I have links in the outline for the sleep episodes. I had no idea that I spent one, two, three, four, five, five out of six episodes on sleep <laughs> in Think Philly. I don't remember doing that many episodes that closely to each other about sleep. But I think what it was, was I just talked about sleep in general in one of them. And then two episodes were sleep and cortisol levels. So that was really not just about sleep, but it's about, you know, how, what happens when we raise our cortisol levels and, um, you know, how that affects sleep as well. And then how sleep affects the, the levels of, the, of cortisol. And then 38 and 39 were fixing sleep problems. So you can go back and watch any of those. You can go back and watch 48, which was the, the nighttime routine. And actually, I recommend that you go watch the nighttime routine before you watch this one. If you're just starting to watch the replay of this, that you will go back and do 48 first. Because I've tried to help homeschooling moms through our seminars and through workshops and things like that for literally 20 years fix their schedules in their homeschool and it always went back to let's fix the night first let's fix the night first and then after that i would always say let's fix your first hour 
let's fix your first hour. And now here I am these many years later, and I'm saying the same things when it comes to our habits, our weight management, our self-care, our movement, our um, food, our cravings, our um, health and healthy habits. I'm saying the same thing. Let's fix the nighttime routine and then let's fix the first hour of the day because they both set the stage for today. If I'm talking about this morning, they both set the stage for today's food intake, for our water intake, for our movement, for our you know calories burned, for our calorie intake, for our deficit, for our cravings, for the amount of food we eat, for overeating. They just both play a huge role in today. So let's fix last night, okay? And another thing that I think is really important that I talked about last week, and I'm sure I've mentioned in these sleep episodes, but that I hear people all the time say, I just can't sleep. I don't know how you sleep. I just can't sleep. I don't know how you sleep. And I used to have terrible insomnia. And I talked about that in some of the episodes. So I understand that that feeling of just wanting to sleep so badly. And I had restless leg syndrome and GERD, you know, just so, so many things keeping me from sleeping well that have been solved um, in part with plant-based supplementation and in large part with um, healthier choices and in really large part with getting weight off, taking, every time I took another 10 pounds off, I slept better, I felt better, things went better for me um, in all areas of my health. But one of the things that we don't realize when we're saying, I just wish I could sleep. I just can't sleep. I just don't understand how you sleep. One of the things that I don't think we really take to heart is that sleep is a discipline. And, you know, we think getting up is so hard in the mornings. We think getting up is such a discipline that's so difficult to get up in the mornings. But we don't realize that going to sleep at night is also a discipline. And I um, have the dopamine chart in this episode um, in the outline. And I also have it in the episode 48 in the outline where I talked about how like staying in bed in the warm covers, you know, that's like a 10 in the morning, right? When we're talking about the morning routine. That's like a 10. And, you know, getting up and starting our day and getting things moving, even though we want, even though we feel maybe some success through it, that's like a five or a four if you're talking about a zero to 10 dopamine, which that's not how dopamine is measured, but I'm just trying to give you an illustration of how this falls. Well, the same thing is true of sleep, uh, going to sleep at night, like the streaming, the um, playing games on our phone, scrolling on socials, the chatting online. These things are, you know, eights and nines you know, they might not be full on 10, like, you know, sex addiction or gambling or alcohol or drugs or something like that. But these things are like eights and nines. I mean, they're really high up there in the dopamine. We're just, we're scroll, we get more dopamine and more dopamine. And then we just take, we just get those hits and it feels so good to just stay in that, that dopamine flooded position. Whereas sleep, even though it's cuddly and wonderful and our bed is so amazing and and actually that's one of the ways that I've taught myself to sleep in part is I just every night I get into bed I say I love my bed 
I love my, I drive my husband crazy. I say this type of stuff every night. I love our bed. I love these blankets. I love these sheets. We just got the nicest, nicest, most amazing sheets that I've ever had in my life um, from uh, one of our clients for uh, Christmas. And I'm just like, I can't believe these sheets are so amazing. And I just, and I love going to bed so much and I love sleeping so much. I just, I just verbalize that every night. <laughs> I don't think I said that last week, um, but that cuddly sleep feels so good. Can't wait to go to sleep. That's like a five. That's like, you know, very, you know, it's, it feels good, but it's nothing like these eights and nines that we're getting. And so the discipline comes in when we say, I'm going to give up this, you know, dopamine infused situation here, and I'm going to take something that's lesser. I'm going to, you know, accept the lesser. And it's just like food, right? I'm going to eat, you know, more real foods, even though they're down low over here on the dopamine spike. And I'm going to not have these higher spiking foods right now. And it's, we make that decision. And you've heard me talk about the circular, how you can't break into it because it gives you high dopamine speak, spike. So you eat more sugar high dopamine spike, so it eats more sugar. It's like you have to break in, right? It's like you have to break into that circle to stop it because there's literally no place to stop it. There's not like an entrance to it. And that's the same way it is here. You know, we, we, we you know, stay up scrolling and, and doing things online and then we don't get enough sleep. And we stay up doing things online and we don't get enough sleep. And it's like you have to break into that and it takes a level of willpower and self-control that's really, really hard to come by. But just like after a while of having real, more real foods and saying on these days, I don't even have these foods at all that are so high dopamine spiking. We need more of a, a length of period of time between the, the, between the times that we have, but we can't have it all the time. Otherwise we'll just be stuck in that, oh, I can't get out of this dopamine spike situation. And that's the same thing with sleeping. It's a discipline. It is a discipline to break into that cycle and to say, no, I'm turning everything off. And I've been dealing with it for a long time because I like to just watch something as I fall asleep. And yet it keeps me up later, right? It makes me stay awake longer. So a good tomorrow starts tonight, right? So watch 48. Okay, let's go on to creating morning routines. The whole reason that we're here this time on episode 49. All right, again, we have to go back to episode 20, Think, Feel, Eat, Tools for Self-Integrity. We have to understand and believe that habits that stick are incremental, that they do not happen um, all at once, right? And I talked about this so many times about how everything that I do that is beneficial for me came through incremental habits. And I didn't even know how good I was getting at things, right? I couldn't say, wow, you know, look, I did this because it felt slow and it felt, you know, like it took a long time. But now I can look back and I can say, wow, what a difference. I now do this. I now do this. I now do this. I now do this. And yet I didn't even know I was making myself do it because I use this incremental approach, which is what all habit formation books teach, right? Uh, Duhigg, that was the habit guy that I forgot last week. So habits by Duhigg, the power of habits by Duhigg, Atomic Habits 
by James Clear and Tiny Habits by BJ Fogg. I don't, I want to give credit because I used to try to change everything in our lives with our family all at the same time. And somebody did give us good advice to change something like once a week or once a month. And we started following that advice. But now that I know what I know about habits, it's like, of course, of course, I couldn't do it all then. And I can't do it all now either. Right. So we do these things incrementally. All right. So we have to understand and believe that habits that stick are incremental. Otherwise, we won't try. Like we don't try for something that doesn't give us a good outcome. We don't try for something that we don't truly believe in. Right. It's like when you're doing a certain food protocol, but you don't believe it will really work. So then you just do it halfway. Right. And that's the same way it is with habits. You have to believe that these little incremental things that I'm doing make a difference, that they are worth doing these little incremental things. All right. So start with some of the same things that we started with in the nighttime routine are the same things that we're going to start with in the morning routine. So we're going to start with number one, what you will really, really do. This is huge in every self-integrity scenario. Self-integrity being in, in integrity with myself, having integrity, doing what I tell myself I'm going, that I say I will do. Because it's so easy to do what we tell somebody else we're gonna do, but it's so hard to do what we tell ourselves we're gonna do, all right? So we have to, to do the things that we will really, really, really do. And I've used this example multiple times, but all three of those habit books have a, for, a form of this where you know, you, they, they tell their person that, you know, they want to develop the uh, push-up habit. So you can only do one push-up every morning for this whole week, but you have to do that one. They make it a no-brainer. They make it, I'll do it no matter what. They make it so easy, that type of thing. And that is how habits are started. So what will you really do? And I have a uh, link here to a, an article that I wrote about this and sent a few weeks ago in terms of New Year's, what we really do for food. What will we really, really do? And I've been changing protocols so much in the last six months or so and trying different things. And, um, you know, I mentioned that my husband and I found what it takes to maintain, but we have not hit on exactly what's gonna take us down the next 10 pounds because we feel like maintaining has been so difficult. So in the course of trying these different protocols, and I'll do this for a little bit, and then I'll do that for a little bit. The bottom line is, which one of those things will I really do, right, at the level that it's going to take to lose the next 10 pounds? So that's the first thing. What will we really do? Next, what makes the biggest difference for the rest of today? We have a tendency to want to glamorize things in the morning routine. We want to have this pie in the sky, this beautiful morning routine where we meditate and we do deep breathing and we do some yoga poses and we, you know, make steel cut oats and, you know, I don't even know what we do. And we pack, you know, chia pudding for lunch that we got up at four in the morning to make. And, and, you know, we're all Zen and we're, you know, we're doing scripture reading and we're, you know, kneeling for prayer for so long. And the bottom line is, which of all of those things that you think you should be doing will make the biggest difference for the rest of today? That's the next benchmark. What will I really do? What is going to make the biggest difference for me? My next benchmark is what is due next. 
So I try, I'm really working hard on getting myself in a position where I'm not just like every morning, oh no, students are coming. They're gonna be here any minute. I'm not, I'm not ready. The table's not cleared off. I'm not ready for my students. I don't have the books ready. I don't have the supplies ready. I don't have the tables and chairs set up. You know, I'm thinking tomorrow's class day and I've got, we've got, oh, I don't even know, 10, 10, 20, 25, 30, 35, like no 40 counting after 40 plus kids coming throughout the day tomorrow for different small groups and stuff like that. And I've tried to look at the morning routine as what is due next and make that something that is done so that I don't have to think about it. So I don't have to deal with it. Next is how much do I want to devote to my morning routine? And this one tripped me up a lot in the last year or two, trying to develop a morning routine with self-coaching because I wanted to spend time doing spiritual training and I, and I added audio spiritual training. So that's been a big help. And then I put reading later in the day, but I wanted to do spiritual training, get myself all ready for the day on three, four, uh, four morning, four mornings a week, go to the gym on my, I have three more, three days a week I teach. So four mornings that I don't teach, go to the gym and work out. And, you know, then plus self-coaching and then the shower and the hair and everything, you know, and I don't have that much time to devote to a morning routine because I have to leave at 745, two mornings a week and I have to leave and my kids are literally sitting around this table at 830, uh, one of the days a week. So realistically, I had to say I can have a long morning routine when I can start coaching like at 10 or nine, but I have to have a short morning routine on the days that I'm teaching. And I had to tweak it according to how much time I have available for that morning routine. So it's so easy to get in the habit of just wanting to put it all in, right? So once you have the time that you have allotted for your morning routine, then what will you really do? What makes the biggest difference for the rest of the day? What is due next? For many of you, that will be kids' breakfast, kids getting dressed and off to school, kids up, taking them to school, packing lunches. I mean, you know, different seasons of life will have us be doing different things during our morning routines, right? And realist, realism says, this is what I have now. Realism says, I only have, you know, 90 minutes. 120 minutes, whatever. I only have one hour, only one and a half hours, only have two hours before I have to start teaching. So I can't go work out on those mornings and I can't do self-coaching in that morning and I can't do my reading. Reading has to be later in the day. So I look at that and I see the big picture of it. And then I start going through, what will I really do? Well, it's fine to sit down and coach myself for 20 minutes, but if I'm not if I haven't blocked my day and I haven't got my food ready and I haven't gotten ready for my students, then this is gonna make for a harried morning and a hurried morning, not a peaceful morning. So what will I really do? What makes the biggest difference? What is due next? How much time do I have to allot to this? And then what are the first things I should start with since I'm building this routine incrementally? This is huge. So I like the idea, I used to make this list of everything that would make us Perfect. It was a long list. I never did it all. 
But I made this long list of everything that I wanted to do. Morning routines, evening routines, kids spiritual training, kids character training, family time, school, you know, just everything. Re outreach, church, just every single thing that I wanted to do as a family. And thankfully, we were taught to choose one thing and work on it at a time. So we started doing that. But I always had that list that long, long list of everything that would make my life so perfect if I just did all of these things. But then I constrained myself by only choosing one thing. We chose together one thing a month or so to work on. And um, then we parented, literally, we homeschooled for 32 years. So once a month times 12 months, that's 12 a year times 30 years, 360 changes. Isn't that phenomenal? incrementality works. It makes a difference in your life. It makes a huge difference in your life. And we can't grab a hold of that because we want the grandeur, because we want all or nothing, because we want perfection, right? When in reality, if we do the incrementality that is involved in making habit changes and life changes, we're going to look back, we're going to say, wow, I eat apples every day. I never ate apples my whole life. Wow. My, my son, I just got off the phone with him right before this. And he said, yeah, we pretty much feed Jack green beans six days a week. And I was like, sounds like Nana. <laughs> so I told him, I said, Jack, Jack, because Jack checks. He's always talking at the same time on the phone. He loves to talk to me on the phone. And he just turned two. And I said, Jack, Jack, Nana eats green beans six days a week too. <laughs> right. Who would have, who would have thought? right? Who would have thought, but it was incremental habits. So since I want to build this incrementally, what do I absolutely need to do? So all of those grandeur things, all of those amazing things, all those things that I do now that I never thought I would be so faithful to in my short morning routine and my long morning routine on my short day and my long day, because I'm a realist now, all of those things that I now do that amaze me, I didn't know I was doing them. I didn't know I was building it because it was so slow and it was so incremental. But now I can look back and say, wow, wow, it's so cool, I did it. So it really does make a difference. Okay, so a few more tips here about de developing that morning routine. Look at what makes you too hurried in the morning. So we're gonna move to weight loss, we really are. Look at what makes you too hurried in the mornings, okay? And then ask yourself, can you put something from the morning into the afternoon or the evening? All right, so, you know, the, the whole concept um, behind food prep and packing and all that kind of stuff, if you take food to work with you or whatever, that doesn't, that, that doesn't have to be in the mornings, right? You're gonna stick it in a fridge somewhere anyway, right? Or you're gonna put ice in your, in your cooler anyway. So that could be easily be moved to another time of day, right? That could be an after work routine you know, or an after dinner routine or during dinner cleanup routine or whatever. Um, so that doesn't, that, see what can be moved, all right? Because those things that are making us too hurried, they are going to, um, I don't know if that's in this one or not, but they are going to raise our cortisol levels, make us more stressed, and then we're going to have trouble with any kind of habit formation and overeating and cravings and things like that. That was in episodes um, 36 and 37 about cortisol. Okay, look at sleep. 
and find and ask yourself exactly how much you need and reverse engineer it. Now, this is going to be easier said than done, right? Because you can't just say, okay, I want to get up. This is me. Okay, I want to get up at 630. So I need to be asleep by 1030, 1045, 11 at the latest. And so I'm going to go you know, backwards from 630 to what I need. I need seven and a half to eight hours of sleep every night. So reverse engineer and go backwards from that and then just go to sleep at 1030. Right. It's not that easy, is it? But that gives you a benchmark to try for. Then you create that whole evening routine around that. And I gave tips for like sleep signals and things like that last week that will make a difference. So reverse engineer from that, knowing that, you know, you may or may not be able to fall asleep at that time right now. And you may or may not be able to get up that early right now, but that's okay. Cause you're starting your morning routine incrementally. So you're not going to do it all anyway. So you don't need the whole time that you want. I mean, if I, in a perfect world, I would have two hours, um, without, um, exercise. Yeah. Two hours with, I shouldn't say that two hours with like 15 to 20 minutes of like my mini tramp or something here at home. Uh, that would be perfect, but um, I'm not there yet. So I'm still working on it. Um, then also what lets you relax the most the night before knowing that you have it done before you go to bed. So don't save that for the morning. If it's going to be something that's going to keep you up at night, or you're going to be thinking about, oh man, I got to get up and, you know, cut up everybody's oranges for their lunches, you know? Um, so, you know, don't, don't save that. You can't do it all. So narrow it down to the time that you have available and what your absolutes are. All right, let's move into morning routine habits for weight loss. So we want to do things in the morning that set us up for success today in weight management, in movement, uh, fitness, and so forth. So the first thing is to get your journal page. Do I have that on here yet? Um, I don't have that on here yet. The first thing is to get your journal page and do the first four. So that will be your sleep, your water, the time you're going to eat and what you're going to eat. And it'll take three to five minutes to fill in in the morning. All right. So plan your food, your time, your, your food time, your food type and your food amounts. And, um, I have two episodes here that you can watch. Uh, and the handouts that go with those will be in the links. All right, then plan your movement for today. So I know now that I'm accustomed to this, I know these three mornings, I mean, these four mornings are my big workouts at the, at the Y with strength training. These mornings are my teaching mornings. So it is, you know, minimal movement in the mornings, you know, like maybe 10 minutes on the mini tramp or 20 minutes of a step routine, YouTube or something like that. I know so many push-ups. I know that that's going to be short, but I plan it. Um, and I know tomorrow, I know what tomorrow is. I know what time to start. So I know what, which morning routine I'm doing and I know how long it's going to last. Do all of this planning, the food, the movement, the water, the sleep, the times, do all of this planning with your prefrontal cortex rather than waiting until the morning and letting your primal toddler brain tell you what to do in the morning. So you just start zigzagging all over the place and you don't really get anything done. So 
if you plan it ahead of time, you are using the part of your brain that wants that has your best interest at heart, right? But if you do it, if you get up in the morning and you just start in, well, I need to get my shower. Oh yeah, I need to get my water bottles ready. Um, oh, I didn't pack any food. I should probably work on that. Oh, I need to make copies. I should probably I should probably make some copy. I, oh, I should get the copy copier going. And you see the difference. And that then with that that sets your day up so that your entire day is like that. Your entire day is those last minute decisions, those toddler brain thoughts, those zipping around the, you know, sitting there when you're turning on your podcast for the morning and scrolling for 10 minutes instead, right? And eating up some of your morning time. So I even timed out, like what I did was I listed everything that was gonna be in my short morning routine, everything that was gonna be in my long morning routine. Well, this was after I developed a lot of habits but I listed everything that was going to be in both and I allotted time for them and saw how much time that added up to. We did the same thing when we taught our kids chores. We timed them. They were so cute. We had a timer and they ran back and forth while they did their chores. We were trying to show them how fast they could do their chores. Oh, wow. Those memories are going to keep me really warm in my old age. So grateful. All right. Um, ready for today with food. Okay. So again, food prep in the morning. Mm, I don't know. I mean, I, it's not for me. I, I just know that it's just way too much, way too much to try to put in my morning. So I always have it. I have a 20 minute cooking prep kind of thing later on in the day. Um, I don't take many work breaks. So my work breaks involve housework. <laughs> so that's what I'll do that kind of thing. Um, hopefully you've already packed food, right? So again, that's one thing that we can change to make our day less hurried and harried. Um, evaluate what you, what you must do and what could have been done ahead of time. So that's why on my teaching days, I don't put you know, a big long journaling session. I don't put a big long exercise session. You know, I, I start at 7.45 and 8.30 and that's even later than a lot of people start work, right? So you need to be realistic. If you haven't had a successful morning routine, um, in the past, it's probably because you were unrealistic. Right? Give yourself a break. You can't do all that. It's not possible. Right. And if you have to leave for work at 7 a.m., you really can't do all that. And if you're like me, I'm not getting up at 430 to make all that happen. I'm just not. My, my body doesn't work that way. I don't fall asleep at 830 so I can get up at 430. That's not how I roll. If that's how you roll, that's great. But being honest about whether that's how you roll or not is huge. All right. Um, so evaluate what you, what you must do. Um, yeah, they're talking about the cortisol levels. Rising cortisol levels from not being ready for the day can cause us to hold on to body, body fat, overeat, and give into cravings. Also, you know, I use time blocking and I also put my food in my fitness pal. I used to just put it all on my journal sheet and that was great, three or four or five minutes. Then I grew a little bit more to where I would do a little bit more food planning. And so now, you know, depending on whether I'm weighing and measuring and whether it's already in my fitness pal and all that, you know, I block my day with my time, what things are happening. And then I, um, and then I put in my food in my fitness pal. So I usually need about 10 to 12 minutes for those things now. Um, but be sure that if you are blocking your day, which I love blocking my day, I talked about that in some live training that I did just for my private Facebook group. 
um, how it helps me to become unscattered so much. I just like bring it all in, write it down on the times. Okay, I'm ready. Whew, that was close. <laughs> it just helps me so much. But when you block, be sure to, I always put in everything that's standard. You know, I teach during these, this five hours. I have this meeting. I have this client. You know, I have these grandkids. I always put all those things in, appointments and everything. And then be sure that when you are blocking, you are putting in your delights of the day. And I have a document for that for you. Um, any self-care, any workouts, any PM habits for successful um, for a successful uh, night, you know, anything that will make a difference in your day. All right, a few more morning routine tricks. I know I'm going over again. All right, so again, make yours incrementally using the do next and the squeakiest wheel approach, right? I was always putting out fires when I was raising kids and I still put out fires a lot now too, you know, prepping for all of our students and everything. So I will, you know, what needs done? What's the squeakiest wheel? What's the most bothersome thing? What do I, what can I not take anymore? That has to be solved, right? So put that in. Only put in what you absolutely must do for now. Okay, so just say, okay, I'm gonna do a 30 minute morning routine or whatever it might be in my shower and I'm okay. That's all I'm gonna be able to do for right now, whatever that might be. Put anything you can in another time slot. So like I mentioned, I put in my book reading, I put in more step sessions. I put those into later slots. Um, you know, with timed eating, I'm not eating as many times a day. So I have some reading time when other people would be eating or food prepping or something. I can also put, get in some more steps during that time. Reverse engineer, again, realistically, from when you will really, really get up, not when um, you know, your, what do they call them? Morning lark friend does. Um, don't make your morning routine so long that you become all or nothing with it and use it, wake up signals. So, uh, I have continuity items, sleep signals and wake up signals that help me. My song of the morning is one of the first things that I do. I just go into YouTube and get one of my, uh, spiritual songs start that playing right away while I'm cleaning off my nightstand and taking my supplements and stuff. I just get that playing right away. It's like my day started. Here I go. Here I go. Here's my song. Um, spiritual listen. Then after that, I cue up my spiritual listen while I'm washing my face, or, you know, whatever it might be. I usually um, don't, I don't wash my hair on teaching days. So I do that on workout days, but anyway, just whatever that might be that I put in my spiritual listens, which are different podcasts that I listen to and um, supplements, get my bottles ready. Um, again, I alternate hair washing so that it's not on one of my early mornings. Uh, anything that I can reduce from my morning routine, I did. All right, one more time. None of my routines, morning routine, evening routine, none of them happened all at once, okay? I started with hygiene, teeth brushing, face washing, makeup, a couple curls in my hair. What do I need to do for today? And then I added, and I added things incrementally after I was successful at a couple of continuity items, okay? Continuity is everything because that's what like grounds you. You know what to do next. You know what to do next. It's just such a great feeling. We are also not using willpower when we have continuity steps. 
So we're saving that willpower for something else that we need it for, since we do have such a limited amount of it. Um, and again, one more time, everything good that has happened in my life that I have done has happened incrementally. Thank you for joining me for Think, Feel, Eat, episode number 49. Uh, go on to DonnaReach.com um, forward slash Think, Feel, Eat, and you can find all of the episodes, all of the outlines, all of the handouts. You can watch or listen. A lot of them have graphics and handouts and worksheets and things that go with them. Uh, I would just love to have you learning um, many, many of the things that I've been teaching in Think, Feel, Eat. Thanks again for joining me.